And he told me that story one time, probably in confidence. And I tell everyone I know because I think it is so That's hilarious. Really, really funny. I cannot yes. imagine. <laughs> I hope Remy does something like that. Hey, honeys. What's up, honeys? Welcome back to another episode of Empowerment Honey. Today, we are going to talk about sustainable health. Um, So in this episode, we'll talk about what you can do to, you know, create a sustainable health for yourself, whether it's with exercise, eating, or just mentally. So we'll go right into our weekly updates and get into the episode. Yay. Um, did you want me to start with my update or do you want to? Yes. Yes. Okay, you can cool. start. Okay. All right. So the whole month of October has been super fun, you know, tons of treats everywhere. And it's like every one of my coworkers birthdays this month. So we've had literally like chocolate cake, carrot cake, uh, every single type of cake. Yeah. All the goods. And I haven't been skipping out on that. I have been enjoying them. So I'm thinking like the month of November before Thanksgiving, I'm going to have to kind of like get it together a bit because yeah, I've just been enjoying all of them and it's been really good. So that's what I've been doing this week is enjoying all the desserts and I have started drinking alcohol again. So I did enjoy some adult (laughs) beverages this weekend too, which was nice to just like kind of unwind after not drinking for so long. Um, Still kind of in the mindset of the 75 hard challenge. I'm kind of like trying to reverse my thought process with it. Like I'm still um, working out twice a day pretty much and drinking a gallon of water every day. I did stop taking progress pictures every single day because I just kind of noticed with that, like my mind was like, analyzing all the pictures, like trying to see where the differences were happening every day. And that's when I decided that the overall challenge was unhealthy for me. So I just totally stopped that task. Um, I'm still reading every day as well. So I'm trying to keep the good habits up, but I don't really think it's necessary for me to work out twice a day. So I'm trying to teach myself that it's okay to not like work out twice a day. So that's what I kind of mean by the 75 hard challenge. It does help you develop really healthy habits, but then they can kind of like start to overtake your thoughts. And then you feel like you have to do those things. So I've just been kind of spending this week trying to reteach my brain how to just live a normal life and still enjoy doing things and going out and food and all of that. So that's what I've been up to this week. Awesome. Ellie, I think you should be so proud of yourself just by, although you didn't fully complete the challenge, I feel like mentally you definitely probably did complete the challenge. You saw where you were when, you know, maybe you, you hit that point where you were like, this really isn't a hundred percent for my mental health. So I kind of need to get back to where I was and figure out you know, my migration. So yeah, we are all proud of you, Ellie. Oh, thanks (laughs) Elijah. I appreciate that. It was really tough and kudos to all the people that do complete it because yeah, it's definitely not easy to do. Yeah. I 
don't want to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe don't. There's like tons of other fun things you could do instead. Maybe a fun thing for empowerment, honey, in the future. Yes. Create our own or something. I don't know. 2021. We'll see. We'll We'll see. see. All right. (laughs) Okay. Tell us about your update. Yes. Okay. So like I said last week, we had some friends in town. And although I did say that I was going to try to not eat as much when we went out to eat and get some exercise in, unfortunately, the weather was extremely crappy. We had snow, we had wind, it was freezing cold. So we didn't get out um, and do a ton. We did go to the pumpkin patch and we walked around a lot. So I was very thankful for that day. And yes, we did, you know, we walked around downtown and things like that, but overall I didn't go out as much and get in my exercise and eat as well. But since they left on a Sunday, I was like, I feel super crappy. I'm going to go grocery shopping, get some healthy food, make some chicken stir fry. I made chicken tacos and fish tacos this week. I have been counting my calories. Do you not like fish tacos? No, I said, ooh, that sounds oh. good. I <laughs> oh, I thought you were like, oh. Tacos. No, no, no. Huge taco gal. I'll eat love any kind of taco. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> but um, another thing I did was I started creating a sustainable workout, which is kind of how this episode came to be. Uh, so my first workout Uh, I went very hard, and uh, so of the workouts that I started doing, the first workout after they left, I went really hard because I felt like I needed to do that, but I paid for it for the next two days, (laughs) so walking up and down my office is on the second level, and walking up those stairs and down those stairs the next day were so brutal, Oh no! But, but I'm getting back on track, and I'm feeling a lot better about myself. Good. So yeah, that's where I'm at. I did have a bad week, but I am headed in the right direction and I have some great meals um, ready for the rest of the week and a workout plan in place. Yes. I feel like we kind of had like a similar week last week because that was the week that my diet was kind of off and whatnot. And I kept reminding myself, I'm like, it's one week out of 52 weeks in a year. Like it's going to be totally fine, you know? And it's like, I feel like those weeks are necessary as well because like you, if you're just like constantly like on point with like your diet and nutrition and not allowing yourself those cheat meals, like I just feel like you can end up developing bad or bad relationships with food as well. Yeah. I think it was nice. Um, I definitely kind of regretted it though a little bit, just the way that my body was feeling. And I think on Sunday I was so, so thankful. We actually had went to the bar on Sunday cause Zach doesn't have very many days off on the weekend. So we went and after like a couple of drinks that we had there, I was like, I have to go home. I have to go grocery shopping. I have like, I was like, I need to like leave this place because I was just so frustrated with how I felt too. Like my stomach hurt so bad. So it does feel good to get back into that routine, which, you know, maybe that makes me more thankful to be on this migration of creating a healthier lifestyle. So 
yeah, maybe I did need that week and kicked myself in the butt towards the end of the week. (laughs) And hey, now maybe it like also teaches you a lesson for the next time. Like, remember my body felt like total crap last time? Let's like maybe not do that this time. Yeah, I think that brings up a good point too. I don't think I would do that again. Like, yeah, there was... (laughs) A lot of good drinks and a lot of good food, but well, that's good. I'm glad. I'm glad yes. we get to unwind and see friends. Yes. It's always a good time. So let's talk about some sustainable health. So I was doing a little bit of searching on Google just to see like what they said about sustainable health. And I think I found I think it was sustainablehealth.net or something like that. And in right. my own words, I wrote that sustainable health is a combination of exercising, eating the right foods, and having just a good state of mind or a good overall mental health. So for myself, um, for workouts, for example, gradually just setting yourself up for a good workout routine and adjusting it as need be. And that's what I have been doing lately is I set myself a workout routine. I started doing it. I realized some pain points. I went way too hard the first day. So I kind of need to just ease into it. I probably did too long of a workout with maybe muscles that I don't always use. So just adjusting the time that I work out Mm -hmm. and setting days of the week. Um, I did talk to Ellie about this and she does similar, like she has upper body one day, lower body the other day, cardio the other day. So um, my routine, I would like to share my routine with you guys. Uh, But Monday is like abs and a butt workout. And then Tuesday would be like a rower or cardio. Wednesday is like upper body and go for a walk. Um, Thursday would be legs and lower body. And then Friday would be like another cardio day or rower day. Um, and then try to walk just 10,000 steps on the weekend. But so today I didn't do a workout. I was actually doing one right before this episode. Um, so yeah, so I started my workout and I might finish it, but if I don't, I think instead I would just do one of those missed workout days on Saturday or Sunday. And I think this is kind of starting out easy for me. Um, I'm only probably going to do about 30 minutes every day and then just working that up, whether it's 45 minute workouts, hour workouts, but I just want to kind of take it easy at first, um, Mm -hmm. especially with how my body felt after doing a really hard workout. So I just want to make sure that is, that it is sustainable for me. Yeah, that's definitely, you're definitely easing into it and being smart about it and recognizing when you did overdo it to like back off and figure out what works best for you. So I'm really proud of you. It's not always easy to jump back into exercising, working out and stuff. So I'm really proud of you. And I think you're off to a really good start, especially like planning a routine. And one thing I actually do is I'll print out a calendar every month. Sometimes I pre-plan my workouts and that doesn't always like fall through, but I put it on my fridge. So every morning I see it and I'm like, okay, Ellie, like you have to do like upper body today and stairs or lower body and incline on the treadmill. So like 
it, I'm more inclined to do it because it's like on paper right there in my face. So that's an, kind of like a good tip. If you like struggle with finding the motivation, like just writing it down and having it like in the open for you to see throughout the day. I think that brings up a good point. And I'm a very, um, I like to write lists and cross things out. So I feel like that might be something that I would be into because mm-hmm. I find excitement in writing lists or routines, things like that. So in my like notebook, I wrote it down, but I think actually printing out a planner and writing the days that I want to do those workouts, I think that's a Mm -hmm. really good idea. Yeah. And then I literally like put an X through the day after each day. So it is like crossing something off. I've noticed that's just what's been working for me. I think I've been doing that since June. And okay. I've really been like consistent ever yeah. since then. So yeah. I think that'd just... be good. I feel like with planners, I'm not super consistent with them. I like the thought of them, but I'm yeah. more of a, like for work specifically, I'll write out everything I have to do on a list. And just as I do them, I'll cross them out. And I like the idea of a planner because I, or a calendar, I do have a calendar at home or at work. At- and I love crossing out the days and whatnot. So I think that's a good idea. I think I might um, do that tomorrow. Yeah, definitely try it out. Um, with November approaching, it'd be super easy to do. Because yes. I just print it out and I'm like, okay, this is kind of what I think I'm going to do. And like, if it changes, I honestly just scribble it out and write like nothing or just yeah. input like the other workout that I did. So yeah, yeah, that's just an idea. Perfect. For you all. Yes. Sweet. Um, do you want me to keep going or did you want to talk a little bit um, more about that? I guess I'll kind of chat about like my fitness sustainability habits that I've developed. Um, so I'm just going to kind of go back real quick to January when I first started my migration. I did the whole 30 that month. Um, but as for fitness... I was kind of like going to the gym every now and then I lived in a really nice apartment with like a pretty good gym. So I didn't have a gym membership. I would just go down there and I had gotten like pretty into running at that point. So I was running a lot and then February came and I started going to spin class and then March happened and everything shut down. So then I started running outside and I got up to seven miles And it was super nice because I lived right across the street from like the one lake in all of Phoenix. So I could just like run around the lake. So I got really into that. And then social media taught me about Chloe Ting. I don't know if you've heard about Chloe Ting or her challenges. I have. (laughs) Yes. I feel like everyone will have by the end of this pandemic because she was like blowing up back in April or whatever it was. And so- I did the Chloe Ting 28 day challenge and I actually did it with Amanda, our oh, friend Amanda. Yeah. Yes. So she did it with me. So each day we'd check in and be like, Hey, did you do the video? And it was like, it was good. So I was like feeling proud of myself. And then I was still running consistently. I would run at least two, three miles a day and then have one like really long run on like Saturday or Sunday. And then came May 
and I moved. I moved into a new property that had an even better gym. And so I decided to do like another Chloe Ting challenge. So I did that. And then the gym shut down again in Arizona. So I was like <laughs> doing these workouts in my apartment oh, on the COVID. fourth floor, jumping around. Yeah. My neighbors probably <laughs> did not like me. So I'm so sorry to my downstairs neighbors if you're listening. Um, and then it was like June and I was like, oh, I don't really like this like two week Chloe Ting challenge. Like it just didn't do anything for me. And I was talking to my fiance and I was like, how, like, how do you feel about me starting a fitness Instagram? Like, do you think that's weird? Like, what do you think about it? And he's like, no, like do it. Like you'd be so great at it. So I was like, okay. So I did it. I followed all of these like fitness influencers, obviously. And then I followed like your everyday, like regular personal trainers that didn't have like a ton of followers, but were still giving like accurate and really good information. And that is where I learned how to like lift properly and how to schedule like a, like proper lifting routine. I guess you could say I learned literally so much from following all these people. Like I learned about push days, pull days, like the differences between all the lower body days, like your glutes, quads, hamstrings. I learned the difference between a compound movement, isolation movement. Like I learned everything. So in July is when I started lifting and I've kind of switched my workout split like a few times since then. I would do like push, pull, lower day, which a push day is when you target your tricep, shoulders, and chest. And then a pull day is when you target your back and biceps. Mm. And then lower body is just like glutes, quads pretty much. So I would do push, pull, rest, push, pull, rest, or push, pull, legs, rest, like consistently. But now I am doing um, lower, upper, lower, upper, full body. And then on the weekends, I'll either go for a walk, do a yoga or Pilates class. We have a Peloton here, so we'll do that. So I've found a workout split that works for me, but it's taken me like quite a few months to get there. But now that I'm here, it's, it's become really sustainable for me. And I've learned so much by following all these people. Yeah. I think like we said in the beginning on our social media episode, like following the right people really makes, really makes a difference. And I think the same thing, like starting this podcast, I started following so many, you know, fitness gurus, personal trainers, um, just things like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it really does. It really helps you. I love watching YouTube videos. They tell you exactly, you know, how to hold your weights, make sure like your arm or the dumbbells, whatever your arms are tucked in and like, they just give you like really helpful tips. So you're not like all wonky and then you're hurting yourself. So yeah, especially videos and like Uh, for the longest time I was so scared to like record myself working out because I'm like oh my god this is so embarrassing (laughs) but then my fiance Remy did it for me and I was like wow like I have really bad form right there okay good to know now I can fix that so like as weird as it might feel recording yourself lifting weights or doing certain exercises might like benefit you in the long run from doing them incorrectly and like injuring yourself too so yeah, that's, that's also like a helpful 
tip because I was like, no way am I doing this. And then I did it and I was like, oh, wow, I'm totally doing that wrong. Yeah. It helps you. Yeah. It definitely helps you realize what you're doing wrong and then you can correct yourself. Yes. So when you do your exercises, so you said upper and lower, so you're still lifting weights. Um, you just do it on the upper body days. You lift weights for your arms. You don't do the push pull anymore. So I somewhat still do the push pull. So like Mondays, my main focus is like glutes. And then Tuesdays essentially do like a push day on Tuesdays. I'm doing like triceps, chest, shoulders, typically. I mean, every now and then I'll throw in like a back workout or exercise into that. And then Wednesdays is kind of like quads for legs or lower. And then um, Thursdays is pretty much back and buys. Um, I guess I didn't really touch on abs though, but I do abs on my upper body days. I know a lot of people like to do them on lower body days, but I just feel like my lower body days, I push myself so hard because I'm really trying to grow my glutes right now. So I push myself so hard that I like can't even do abs afterwards. That's so. how I was. I did the lower a lower body workout. I don't even remember who it was, but it was from YouTube and I yeah. I died. My legs hurt so bad. Like it was weird. So not my like glutes, but it was like by my kneecaps, like the muscle, like I don't know. It felt so weird <laughs> walking up the stairs. I'm like, what exercise did this to me? Or like when you try sit down and go to the bathroom, oh, that's always rough after gosh. leg days. Yes. And I drank so much water the next two day or the next day or the day that I did the workout. I was like, why? <laughs> My legs just hurt so bad. But oh, that's, that's so awesome. Funny. I think that gives a lot of people some good tips on how to keep a sustainable, like you had to work towards what works for you. And I'm kind of just at those beginning stages starting out with the 20, 30 minute workouts. And then, you know, I'm going to see how this goes for me for a little bit. And then I can definitely increase my workouts as I. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I started out this year, literally lifting five pound weights and I'm up to like 20 pounds for my bicep curls. So I've come, come a long way. It's yeah. It's been quite a journey. I mean, we're almost in month 11. So it took me this long to figure out what like workouts, workout split works best for me. So don't be hard on yourself if you take a while to get there. Awesome. All right. So next I'm going to go into eating. We talk about this um, quite a bit, but mm-hmm. essentially just eat food that makes you happy. I know Sometimes when you think about, oh, I need to go on a diet and you really, you hate eating certain foods, but you still buy them and then you try to like make them for yourself and then you don't want to eat them. And sometimes even when I'm at the grocery store, I'll be like, oh, this looks good. And then I'll bring it home. I'm like, yeah, that doesn't sound good. So I think just, yeah, just kind of buy food that makes you happy and a very big thing to remember is just remember those serving sizes. They're on the back to help you. You know, even if you do want to eat two serving sizes, just kind of, you know, put that into 
what you typically eat in a day. Mm-hmm. I know I, for myself, kind of started doing calorie count. I don't love um, counting my calories just because I don't feel like I'm very consistent, but I'm just counting them for right now to see how my body feels at different calorie points. And I'm just going to yeah. kind of use that to go off of. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's what I feel just keeping your food sustainable, making sure that you like the food that you're cooking, um, go on Pinterest, find some good recipes, uh, do HelloFresh. I think they're awesome. Or yes. Blue Apron. I love Blue good Apron idea. as well. Uh, and they have the calories and everything and say, you know, some of them do have quite a bit more calories, just portion them out into three meals or, you know, two and a half meals, something like that, something that you could have for like a snack or something. I know my boyfriend eats a little bit more than me, so I will just make his portion bigger. So then I don't, um, so then I can have a smaller portion, which typically ends uh, ends up working pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love those and they give you such great ideas too on how to cook and different like, so for grains, I learned about farro and there's one other one and they actually are better than like brown rice or even quinoa. They have better ingredients. They have like, um, I think lower calories, but they're higher in protein. Um, and just the macros and stuff on them are a lot better than even brown rice and they're fun to eat. They're something different than just having plain old rice. So I've also Mm -hmm. learned a bunch of different foods and techniques on how to cook from them too. So if you're not amazing in the kitchen, I would say they're nice, easy to use step-by-step. Yeah, I I agree with you on that. I did. I've done HelloFresh a couple of times every now and then. It's a little difficult for me because I live by myself and I feel like majority of the time it's good for like two meals for two people. So I haven't like fully committed to doing it, but I agree with you because it definitely taught me how to cook better. Like all the ingredients that they use gives me ideas for my own meals. So I, I think HelloFresh is a really good idea. If you're kind of new to cooking, um, I would, I would recommend that because I, I am not like the best cook and it really <laughs> helped me. Like, oh so my can I tell you a really funny story? Yes, let's hear it. <laughs> okay. So my boyfriend back when we weren't together, um, and he's actually is a pretty good cook, but he had ordered blue apron for, I believe it was the first or second time that he had ever ordered and he was making a quiche and it, <laughs> and it asked for, in the first recipe he tried, it said two cloves of garlic, oh, but you know those, like, they come in, like, a bundle. Yes. Yeah. And, and break them up. Yes. And he thought that it meant the two whole things because they gave him two, but, you know, the, the rest of it was for the other recipes. Yeah. So he said that the recipe <laughs> was supposed to be for, like, 30 minutes and it ended up taking him like an hour or two to cut up all of the garlic oh (laughs) my god I can't even imagine how that would taste he said it was (gasps) terrible and he just had garlic like coming out of his pores 
And he told me that story one time, probably in confidence. And I tell everyone I know because I think it is so That's hilarious. Really, really funny. I cannot yes. imagine. <laughs> I hope Remy does something like that so I can like give him crap for it. He's not the best cook either. So something <laughs> like that is bound to happen with him. Oh, two not so good cooks. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We got to hold down the fort here for them. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's great, Elijah. Yes. I can't believe he did that. Yes, too funny. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess I'll chat about my sustainable habits that I've made with food now. Um, so I will say, like I've mentioned like quite a few times now that I did do the whole 30 at the beginning of this year. And I'm the type of person when I do like a challenge or something, I, it's hard for me to come out of that mindset. Like I already mentioned about the 75 heart as well. So like after the whole 30 kind of like struggled to bring back like regular food into my diet. Cause I was so used to eating whole foods. Um, so that I struggle with that. So kind of basically throughout all February too, I was doing that. And then I just kind of learned like healthier options along the way, still looking at like Pinterest, social media, asking friends, all of that for like healthier options. And then I was talking to a good friend of mine in March and she said how she had started doing intermittent fasting. And I was like, Oh, this is interesting. Like maybe I'll do it. I did it for like a week and I was like, mm, I don't like this, but I did yeah. pick such weird eating hours. I was doing like 8am to 4pm and then I'd be like starving late at <laughs> night. I'm like, Oh my God, this is terrible. And oh. then I stopped and then April came and I was like, you know, like I'll try it. I'll just switch up my eating window. And I did like 1130 to I think about like seven or seven thirty, And I will say that helped me a lot with my binge eating at night because I do live alone. So after seven, if I'm watching Netflix, I'll literally <laughs> just eat like a bunch of stuff because I'm bored and alone. So I will bored. say literally bored and alone, just eating your family size popcorn bag um, and like Cheetos and everything with it. But I will say that intermittent fasting did help with my binge eating. I've researched further into it. And like, if you really think about it, honestly, like as long as you're in a calorie deficit, you're going to lose weight. And obviously intermittent fasting puts you in a calorie deficit because you're cutting out one whole meal of the day. Pretty much. You're really only eating two meals and some snacks. So I will say like it helped and worked for me because I stopped my binge eating at night. And now I don't have like those desires to sit and eat a lot after 7 PM. Um, but I'm not quite sure if I would totally recommend it to people. I've talked to my um, doctors about it and they're like, it is safe, but if you are wanting kids, it can mess up your hormones and whatnot if you're fasting for too long. So I was like, this is really good to know as someone that does want kids in their future. So I've stopped doing it. And then uh, it was kind of funny. This is a little off topic, but I was on TikTok today and this girl was like totally like trashing keto. And someone in the comments was like, it worked for me. Like it was how I lost 120 pounds. And I'm just kind of like intermittent fasting worked for me. And a lot of people 
say negative things about it. So it's just kind of interesting that these fad diets can work and can kind of get you where you need to be. Because if you have trouble putting yourself in a calorie deficit, just like leaving your diet like wide open, then I don't think like you should be hard on yourself for doing keto and then losing the weight. You know, like as long as you're in that calorie deficit and do what's easy for you to do, I think that's what's most important. And intermittent fasting was easy for me because I didn't have to cut out any food groups. I could still eat like whatever I wanted as long as it was during my eating window. Um, Coming out of intermittent fasting, I've maybe gained back like three pounds since I stopped doing it. So I didn't really gain weight. So I can say that overall, it pretty much worked for me. Um, I did, I will say, I learned a lot about nutrition though, and like how to properly feed myself, what kinds of foods I need to stay satisfied after meals. Um, So it's just really kind of learning what works best for you diet wise. Yeah, I think we've talked, like, touched on that before, too. Whatever helps you feel the best. And if you are, if you do have a goal towards, you know, whether it's a certain amount of inches lost or pounds lost, and you're able to hit that and you feel good and, you know, you're not having any other health issues, you know, if you do like to do keto or whole 30 or whatever it is, and Mm -hmm. you're hitting those goals and you're healthy, I think that's the biggest point. I think a lot of people are starting to realize too, though, that, uh, you know, you typically just have to be, or that's all it is. You have to be in a calorie deficit Mm -hmm. in order for you to lose weight. Um, I know like, you know, people talk about intermittent fasting. Those are just like ways to get to that calorie deficit uh, for you to start losing weight. Same with keto. I think like keto too, you, you can only eat a certain amount of calories. You just can only eat, like it may help your body lose weight faster or whatnot. So I think again, going back to it, as long as you're in a calorie deficit, that's, that's exactly how you lose weight and the way that you Mm want to do it is your own way. And if it works for you, it works for you as long as your body is healthy. Exactly. And I guess I didn't really say this, but do you know what your basal metabolic rate is? Like, have you heard of that before? I've heard of it before, but explain. Okay. So your basal (laughs) metabolic rate is pretty much like how many calories your body burns just like at rest. And so when I was counting calories, I was like, okay, I want to tone, like not tone up, but I want to gain muscle. So what I needed to do was I needed to take my height, my weight, how active I was. And I went to a TD calculator and you can find these online. So these will literally calculate their rough estimate going into your doctor is going to give you like a better guess of what you're actually burning. But I couldn't go into a doctor because of pandemic. So I went online And I went to TD.net and I put in my height, my weight, how active I am. And I learned what my resting metabolic rate would be. And then I think it was for how active I am. It's about between like 
1700, 1900 calories. And this is just like, if I'm just like laying in bed all day, this isn't even like including exercise and whatnot. So if I'm exercising that day, then I'm burning even more calories. So when I was calorie counting, I was eating probably about 1600 calories a day to try cut weight. So I also think it's really important to figure out what your basal metabolic rate is and how much you potentially could be burning during your workouts to know exactly how many calories you should be eating. Because a lot of people think like 1200 to 1400 is what they need to be eating, but that isn't necessarily always what it should be. Like it probably, I'm barely five feet tall and I probably eat about 1600 to 1700 calories a day. I mean, I am very, very active, but people that are taller than me are going to be needing to eat like a lot, a lot more than that. So I would say majority of women are looking around being at like a 1600 calorie diet to lose weight. Yeah about in that range is and also you have to include how much you're working out too because Mm -hmm. you know if you're burning off 400 calories in your workout you need to include so if you want to be in a calorie deficit and say it's at 1600 calories you still need to include the um what your body is going to burn off from doing an exercise as well Uh, I know I've seen a lot of people talk about that, like people not um, including what they burn off calorie-wise when they're doing workouts. Mm -hmm. So they'll just get really hungry and, you know, feel lazy because they don't have enough energy because they don't, they didn't eat enough food that day. Exactly. So I guess if for our listeners that are curious about figuring out what their BMR is, you could go to, it's literally T and then it's dee.net and you can get a rough estimate. Like I said, going into your doctor, you're going to get like a better guess, but it can kind of be expensive to set up those visits to figure out your basal metabolic rate. So I just went online and figured out about it and learned a lot more about it. And then if you lift, you're burning even more. So that plays a part into figuring out your BMR too. So it's really quite interesting, the science behind your metabolism. So I've learned a lot this year, Elijah. Yes, that's so good. (laughs) Um, So another point I really wanted to touch on too is your daily schedule, keeping a sustainable schedule for yourself uh, sleep-wise and having like a good morning and night routine. I think it's really key to make sure, or at least for me, um, it's really good to make sure that I have enough sleep so I have enough energy to want to work out. Uh, I, I've been going to bed quite a bit earlier than I typically do, um, around 9.30, 10, so then I can wake up at about 5.30, 5.45. And I've, I found that going to bed at that time makes me want to get up and do a workout Versus going to bed at 11 o'clock at night and then wanting to sleep in until like 6.30 and not being able to get a workout in. So I think just making sure that your body's getting enough sleep so you want to get up and, you know, you can keep that workout routine going. And then I also have a pretty similar morning and nightly routine of just like getting ready for bed and waking up. And I think that really helps me to... um just create a good flow throughout the day. So, yeah, I would say routine is key 
to keeping your healthy habits sustainable. Like if every single day is like up and down crazy, it's going to be a lot harder. But when you're like, okay, I wake up at this time, then I do this, then that, and then go to bed at this time. And like your body has its own alarm clock. Like you hear people talk about all the time, like, oh, I can't ever sleep past seven or eight o'clock on the weekends because your body's just ready to get up because that's what it's used to. So I think keeping yourself in those routines definitely helps myself, especially when it comes to the working out aspect of it. Oh, yeah, I I totally agree. I definitely do have my own routine out. Mine's pretty similar to yours. I wake up between like 5, 5.15. I go to bed around like 9, 9.30 usually. Um, and then on the weekends, I have noticed I really can't sleep in past 6.45 now because my body's, <laughs> you know, I really wish I could. I'm always like, okay, this weekend I'm going to sleep in, like I'm going to do it. And then I look at my phone and it's like 6.48 and I try to go back to bed. I'm like, okay, well I'm bored. So I'm just going to yeah. get up. Like I, I definitely am like that some, some of the weekends, but there's some times where I could like sleep in until 11 o'clock. But I, I don't even remember the last time I've done it. Like, I want to do that, but my body just, like, I, it's just, like, you're Honestly, go, that's girl. probably just better for you, so don't, don't <laughs> wish sleeping until 11. <laughs> I want to at least just, like, once. I just want to try it. Just like, yeah, just want to try it. I just want to see what happens when I sleep <laughs> in until 11. I'd probably be like, okay, well, that was my whole day because I feel like I have a whole day before I even go to work when I wake up at five. Like I wake up, I stretch, I read, I journal, I go work out and then I come back, shower. Yeah, you're crazy. breakfast. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to work and I've already like vacuumed my house in the morning. I've noticed you're that. neighbors. <laughs> they probably hate I know. you so they, much. I know. I'm so curious. Like whenever she calls the leasing office and I answer it, I'm always like, oh my God, hopefully she's not doing like a noise complaint about me. I've been talking to her. I get so nervous, but she's never said anything. So I can't be that bad. I mean, I'm, I'm a small person, so I don't think I'm really loud because I'm so small. So I don't know. I'm nervous. Remy's coming next week and he like steps so hard. I literally like give him like death eyes like okay like can you tiptoe we have neighbors <laughs> I'm just like That's I so can't funny. with him <laughs> but <laughs> yeah so uh, 1010 recommend having a routine that will definitely help you and we already talked about this I think in another episode but I used to wake up at like 8 a.m so to get to waking up at 5 a.m definitely took a long time and I would say once you create a morning routine that you look forward to doing, that makes it a lot easier to wake up earlier as well. So as long as you have things to look forward to in the morning, then waking up so early doesn't, it isn't as hard. For sure. Um, Okay. So the last thing I kind of want to touch on were some don'ts that I have really learned in the recent weeks. Um, so the main thing, I guess I really only have one, but the main thing is, is pushing off workouts. Every time that I start trying to work out regularly, I always push them off. I'm like, it's a Sunday and I'm like, oh, 
I can wait till Monday or and then I'll come to Monday and I'll be like, oh, I stayed up so late. So I think the key for myself um, and probably for a lot of listeners is just like we talked about earlier, creating a schedule and finding like what works out for you. I'm starting with 15 to 30 minute workouts and I'm also going to be doing walks. So that will also help me get some steps in. And I think this is going to be really key just to keep that sustainability because I love to push off workouts and I'm sure everyone else does too sometimes, but I think really just creating another routine for yourself, another workout routine um, will really help create a good habit for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And then just going back to like the calendar thing that I suggested earlier in the episode, that could be a good motivator just to hold you accountable for your workouts as well, because it it can be really difficult to find that motivation at the beginning of your migration, whether this is like your first time working out or your 30th time trying to get back into the swing of things, doing small things like just having that calendar reminder right on your fridge or right on your planner that could really help you stay um, accountable to yourself and have no more excuses. Yes. I guess I don't really have any, any don'ts for the week for myself. So we can go into the, our tips, tips right. and tricks for the week. Awesome. Okay. So my tip for the week is I absolutely, I just posted out all my Snapchat story. I love homemade guac and I also love cowboy caviar. I'm not sure if that's what everyone calls it. I love cowboy caviar. Yeah. So good. I find both of these very refreshing. I like to eat them with chips or I like to put them in my burrito bowls or tacos or wraps. I love putting, or I love buying the, um, Buffalo pretzel chips. Yes. Um, we yes. do get the thin ones. Like the yes. pretzel yes. thins. Yep. Yum. With I the cowboy those. caviar is amazing. Mm. Um, I think they're a pretty simple and easy snack. I make these probably like every other week, every two weeks. I'll, Okay. Um, Yeah. And I just, I really love guacamole too. And I feel like, or I also like just like cutting up avocados and uh, doing tomatoes with like salt and pepper and olive oil. And it's a good fat for you. So I love making these. I think you can use them in so many recipes and cowboy caviar is simply just, I just cut up bell peppers, tomatoes, black beans, um, corn, and then I'll put like um, either olive oil or avocado oil with some balsamic in it. And then for the guac, just avocado, tomatoes, lemon juice, salt, and then I'll do some like we call it or it's JD salsa. I don't think they have it everywhere. I think it's just kind of like a local thing. And then the slap your mama. Um, oh, so yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, yes. it's so good. I put that in my guac. And honestly, I could probably just eat it by the spoonful. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, it sounds good. And the picture you had of it, it looked so good. Like I'm really craving guac this week. It's, it sounds amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. And another big tip is make your own chicken burrito bowls at home. So tasty. Yes. And I love it just as much as Qdoba or Chipotle. 
but that's just me. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. I, I love making them at home as well. Um, and then speaking of guac, I know target has this brand. I'm not sure if it's back in North Dakota, they have them in Arizona, but it's called the brand Siete. They're tortilla chips that are grain free. So they're paleo vegan. They're super good. I get the ones it's like salt and lime. Super good. Those are really good with guac. And then I just picked up, they have smaller bags and they're flavored ones. So I got the nacho ones. So they're like slightly healthier, like Dorito type chips. And then I picked up a bag of the barbecue ones. I haven't tried those yet. And then I just saw that they have cinnamon crisp ones. So it's kind of like the holiday season theme for these ones. But yeah, if you're at Target, definitely check out and see. They're called Siete is the brand of them. They're super good. Yum. I'll have to check that out next time I am at Target. See if they have them up here. Yeah. Let me know if they do. Awesome. So I just want to end on one segment and that's going back to our quotes um, and specifically the word migration and what our listeners are saying about that word. Um, because I think it's really important that people are putting it in their own world word. yeah putting it into their own interpretation um and this one is from a very special person uh ellie and i both know her and she means so much to me and i'm sure she does ellie we honestly probably wouldn't be the social media marketing guru gurus that we are right now um but our old professor jennifer stoner um commented on our one of our social media posts and she said that she loves the word migration because animals sometimes migrate back to better weather or to go lay eggs whatever or etc she said and i found in life sometimes you need to take a step back to go forward whether it's taking a job for less breaking off a toxic relationship moving back home and in a journey that can sometimes feel like a failure but it's not Um, I think, you know, that is some, those are some really good words and I love how she used the word migration and I agree, you know, you're just, you're taking one step at a time. You're continually migrating, you know, it's not just this, this one set thing. It's, it's this long migration that keeps expanding and, you know, maybe you're, maybe you take a step back and you go, you go back home to live with your parents or whatever it is, but you can still keep chugging along and moving forward and migrating. So thank you, Jennifer Stoner. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Love you and miss you. I want to come back to UND. (laughs) (laughs) Just so we can have her again. That's a teacher. I know. She was the best. Definitely one of my favorites. And I really appreciate her commenting that on our post. Yes. It means more than she probably thinks. um, For me specifically. Yeah. Yeah. So it means a lot. um, And it means a lot for everyone listening right now as well. Uh, We appreciate everyone and everyone that's reached out to us and likes our posts on social media and listens to us every week so thank you thank you everyone all right we'll leave that on a good note bye honeys bye honeys have a good week